Hey, you guys, in this lesson, we're going to talk about the importance of knowing your story. And also, I have a special guest with me that you guys saw in the last lesson. So we're going to have a lot of fun learning English today. So let's have some fun learning English. Hey, you guys, it's Justin here with Fox English Learning. I hope y'all are having a great day. And uh, I'm trying to work on speaking slower. I know I had one of my students say, could you just speak a little slower so I can understand you guys a little better? So I'm going to do my best to talk uh, as slow as possible, but it's still got to be natural. I don't want it to be where it wouldn't be. Uh, I don't want to speak so slow that it's not how a native speaker would speak. But also, I don't want to speak too fast where you guys couldn't understand me. And like I said in the intro, today with me, we have Patrick. What's going on, Patrick? Not a whole lot, man. Good to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So if y'all remember Patrick, he was in our last live uh, Facebook lesson where we broke down some questions and we had a lot of fun. Um, Patrick is improving as an English teacher and I enjoy having him on every episode and we had a lot of good feedback from him on the last lesson so like we're going to bring him back and we're going to teach some more English but like I said earlier in this lesson we're going to talk about the importance of being able to tell your story and we talked about why it's so important because you're able to discuss family dynamics you're able to use numbers you're able to use uh, phrasal verbs there's so much that you can learn when it comes to telling your story. And also we're going to hear a little bit about Patrick's story to just to give you an example of what it sounds like to talk about the first part of your life. If you can remember, there's three sections we talk about, your early life, your midlife, and then your life now. But as you guys know, all my lessons are 100% free and that's because they're sponsored. So sit back, relax, enjoy this uh, quick advertisement and we'll get right into our lesson. much for listening to that advertisement. You help me teach English for free to students all over the world just by simply listening to that. So like each lesson, we start with a review. And what's so fun about this lesson, we have Patrick to help us with a review. And we actually have a student's uh, example of something we taught about last lesson. So let's start with a review. Let's have some fun. And let's get Patrick involved in this lesson. So, Patrick, last time me and you taught on Facebook Live, we talked about two words, are and is. Just go ahead and explain to everybody when you would use are and why. Okay, are, you would use it in the sense of uh, if you're talking about something that is plural. Um, What's plural? So, meaning more than one. Okay. And is is a word that you would use in the case of something singular or uh, meaning just one. So give me an example using the same word but making it plural and singular to, to kind of explain how to use are and is. Okay, it's not going to be the same sentence, but the uh, okay. plural sentence is we are going to the park. So, so that would be a personal pronoun. Give me something that, because we is a personal pronoun. Give me something that's a plural word. Plural like, word? Uh, trains. There we go. Okay. There we go. Break that down. Uh, trains. So the singular form of train, or trains is train. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so for a sentence, you would say the train is leaving the station, Perfect. which would be the singular form. Okay. And then for the plural form, you would say the trains are leaving the station, meaning more than one. Awesome. I hope you guys get that. He just said train and trains. So when he used train, what did you say? It's the singular form. So you would use? Is. And when you said trains, that's the? Uh, plural form. And you would use? R. R. And also he said something. I just wanted him to use a different example so that we could explain. So there's something called personal pronouns. What personal pronouns are is when you think, think I have Patrick sitting next to me. If I was to say he, actually no, if I was to say you, we, they, or us, that is a personal pronoun because it includes me. It's personal. In that situation, you would say are. So let's replace trains and say we. We are running late. Even if you were to use you, which is singular, it's still a personal pronoun. So you would use are. So if someone was to say, what are you doing? That even though that's a singular sentence, it's a personal pronoun. So a personal pronoun just has to do with a, it replaces the name, but you're a part of that group. Uh, so say me and Patrick, us. Uh, so us are, would you even use us with are? Does that even sound right? Uh, no, sir. So, we, so what if I said we? So me and Patrick could be a we. So I could say we are going. That sounds a whole lot better than us. Would you use is or are with us? I've never heard someone say us with is or are. I don't think you would use either one. What would you use? Um, Which is weird. What would you use? See, this is what's fun about teaching English. We just had a total brain fart, which means our mind just went blank on what we would use with us. Could you use us? Because us is talking about a group of people, but you're in it, so us... Us. What in the world would you... If you guys know that, message us. What would you use with us? Maybe we'll think of it. I don't know. But on the top of my head, I can't think if you would use us or is or are with us. I don't know if you would use that in a sentence with it, though. That's the thing. I don't believe so. Because I don't think you would say us are going. You would say we. So, yeah, guys, I don't think you would be able to use... It would not sound correct if you were to say us are going. Uh, you would say like, yeah, that was us, but you wouldn't say that was we. So we would be, isn't that weird? So if someone's like, we're about to go to the store, was it y'all that went to the store? You would say, yeah, that was us. But you wouldn't say, yeah, that was we. And you wouldn't say us are going to the store. You'd say we are going to the store. So here's a promise I'm going to make to you guys. I will look that up. I will do some research and Patrick and I will figure out what has to do with us? So, but it's fun. You guys get to hear us learn also as we're teaching. Because a lot of what we are teaching y'all and talking to or you all about, um, so we have been taught it over the course of our lives, right. um, and we've seen it modeled for us. So it's not necessarily something that we have been taught in the sense of a structural base right, right. with. Um, somebody explaining it to us, yeah. but we have seen it modeled for us, so yeah. we know how to use it, um, and we know how to use it, but yeah. in order to put it into the into words, yeah. we have to research it a little bit more. Yeah, and that's what makes it so cool. So, like, what Patrick said is pretty much my whole method behind teaching, 
It's not to teach the perfect grammar rules because that will not help you communicate. It's teaching you how to use it and how to get comfortable using it to where you don't have to think about it. If you have to sit and think about, okay, what is a personal pronoun? You won't be able to communicate. You may be able to tell me what it is and know how to use it, but when you start talking to people, you'll get mixed up because you're thinking about where does this go? My goal is to teach you guys how to have conversations with people to where you could talk to your friends, where you could apply for a job, and where it could help change your life because you interact and communicate like a native speaker. I tell you this guy, I tell you guys this all the time. Native speakers, we don't use English correctly. Like we use a lot of slang, and um, the more proper you speak, the more less casual you'll be talking to people. So the more comfortable you are, listen to me and Patrick hear us teaching and, and, and learn how to just use English, not per se know what a noun is, but how to use it, you're able to improve your English um, dramatically. And Patrick and I will look up when to use us. Um, I feel like I understand it, but I don't know how to explain it. It's like he just said, we, we had a model for us, so we never used it incorrectly. Like you guys, whether it's my students in Peru or Venezuela or Cambodia or Laos, you just know how to speak your language. You were never really you don't have to think about it. You know, you've been speaking it your whole life. So that was a cool learning moment for me and Patrick. So uh, the last lesson, we talked about the importance of being able to tell your story. And I truly believe if you can tell your story, you'll be able to communicate so much more in English and you'll be so much more comfortable because you're attacking two fears. One, you're speaking English. And two, you're telling people about yourself, which can be uncomfortable. So that is going to help you attack that fear even more so the next time you speak in English, it's easier because you're not having to tell your life story, but you've already attacked it to where you know how to do that and communicate to where you'll be more confident speaking English. So last time I shared with you guys about the three parts. There's the early life, your midlife, and your life now. Even if you were three years old, you would have your early life when you were one. You had your midlife when you were two, and you had your life now when you were three. So no matter if you're 18, 36, 58, or 100,000 years old, you have an early life, a midlife, and your life now. And I share with you guys about my story, about the situation I grew up in, but I wanted y'all to get two other examples. So one, I'm going to have Patrick talk a little bit about his life, and then actually we have a student who allowed us to share her story. And you guys can do the same thing. If you want your story to be shared on this podcast, message me on Facebook or message me on this app or even message me on YouTube or email and we'll work together about giving you the opportunity to share your story on this podcast. But let's talk a little bit about Patrick. He's an awesome guy. He's helping teach you guys English. He has a heart for the world and uh, it's awesome to see him grow and it's a cool experience. But Patrick, tell me a little bit about your early life. All right, so like I said in the last video, I am from Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, which is in the United States. It's in the eastern portion, kind of in the south, towards the equator, um, or the middle of the United States. Um, so I would, went to elementary school in Chattanooga, and throughout elementary school, I lived in one house in the suburbs, I guess you would say. What's a suburb? Um, it's in a general area where a lot of people live and there's not a lot of industrial aspect to it. Um, it's typically not in the city, but it's not in the country either. Perfect. Um, 
So living there, I lived there up until middle school, which is grade six through eighth and out of 12 grades. Um, and that was, so that was the education part of my early childhood. Okay. And when I was younger, um, I did a lot of what was really common in the U.S. culture, riding bicycles uh, with friends, doing crazy stuff, <laughs> um, and just kind of hanging out with friends at their houses. Cool. So we're going to continue his story. But at the end of this lesson, we're going to teach you guys about using us and we. We're going to do some research and make sure we put it in this lesson on how to use it. So Patrick told you a little bit about himself. He said he lived in a suburb and he described it perfectly. It's not in a city, but it's not in a country. It's kind of a place where there's a lot of houses and it's not a, it's kind of a nicer area. So there's a, it's kind of a community of houses. So it's, there's no really businesses. Its main focus is kind of just where homes are. And that's kind of how you would explain what a suburb is. There's not a lot of apartment buildings. There's a lot of homes. Uh, it's kind of just the best way to understand it. He talked about growing up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is where I'm from as well, which it would be awesome if you guys could come visit. It's in the South. Uh, it actually just won last year the number one outdoor city in America. So it's really cool. There's a lot to do outside. I don't do enough of it. Uh, but when my wife has her baby, you know, I want to I want to get my baby outside and get to see all this stuff. So I'll get to explore a little bit of Chattanooga. Um, so, Patrick, you said you used to ride bikes with friends and stuff like that. Did you get in trouble a lot as a kid? Uh, not really. I only got in trouble once. And got did you did you? He said he only got in trouble once well, as a kid. Let me rephrase that. Yeah, OK, go ahead. Go ahead. OK, so I got in trouble probably a normal amount for a, a young young man. Um, but I got disciplined really heavy by spanking. Um, what's spanking? So spanking is whenever you get smacked on your butt by your parent. Okay. That makes um, sense. In a sense. And it hurts really, really bad. So as he's going, how do you guys, how did your parents discipline you? And if you're, uh, in Latin America or if you're in Asia, do your parents spank you? I know that's a really weird question, but message me that on Facebook. I would love to know how people are disciplined in other countries, but keep going, Patrick. Um, so didn't get in trouble in the sense of heavy disciplining a lot, but definitely got scolded and corrected a lot. Um, I got in trouble almost every day, guys. So Patrick was a better, <laughs> better kid than I. He got in trouble once his whole life. I got in trouble once every five minutes. Uh, I was a different kind of kid, but I told you guys a little bit about that. One thing I wanted to ask you, Patrick, um, Describe kind of what the school system was for you like as a kid. Like, what did the typical day of a student look like? Okay. Um, so, the typical day of a student would change uh, from elementary school, which is your first five years of schooling here. Um, so, in those first five years, you would go in, you kind of have recess. Um, you would have one teacher teaching multiple subjects. What's recess? Um, it's a time throughout the day, typically towards the end of the day after lunch, um, when you will go outside and you'll kind of burn off all the energy that you have pent up as a child. Recess was my favorite class. So, uh, <laughs> recess was awesome. And like he described, I was, school was typically from the hours from like seven to two or like eight to three, just depending on kind of the school you went to. You go in, some kids would have breakfast, you'd have your classes, you'd have lunch. And then typically recess was a lot of times, was it after lunch for you sometimes? Uh, it depended, but a lot of times, yeah. So sometimes it's after that, and then you get out of school about 2.15. 
And we only go to school five days a week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then we have the weekend, Saturday, and Sunday. Something funny to teach you guys. So I'm 25 years old. Until I met my wife, I thought the first day of the week was Monday. I had no idea the first day of the week was Sunday. I did not either. My dad actually taught me that a couple of months ago. See, and Patrick, how old are you, 23? Yes, sir. So that's what's crazy because our week typically, because of our schooling system, started on a Monday. Mm -hmm. And the weekend was Saturday and Sunday. So I just always assumed Monday was the first day of the week, but it's actually Sunday. So that gives you guys some practice, even understanding the days of the week. So I want you guys to practice saying those. There's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I used to know them in Spanish. I do not remember the days. Do you remember the days of the week in Spanish? Uh, no, sir. There's lunes, martes, miércoles. That's the only three I remember. So lunes, martes, any of my Spanish students, you'll know the rest. But that's all I remember with that. Um, Patrick, did you get your heart broken by any girl growing up? Oh, yeah. All the time? All the time. Okay, so heartbroken, which you guys may know, that's kind of, say if you have a girlfriend and she breaks up with you. Kind of breaks your heart. Uh, I don't. In some cultures, y'all don't date. In American culture, it's kind of weird. Kids, per se, date, which yeah. I really don't. There's no purpose that I see, but a lot of times kids have a boyfriend and girlfriend, which is fun, but then typically someone gets their heart broken. So that's the way it is. And then, Patrick, are you in a relationship now? I am, actually. So, lady, sorry, he's single. Uh, I mean, he's taken. So, no no, uh, no <laughs> goals there. You cannot be doing that. <laughs> she might see this. Yes, that's right. His uh, girlfriend may listen to this, and she's going to be mad at me for saying he's single. Uh, but what's so cool about this lesson, guys, is I'm getting to teach, but you're also getting to hear how an English conversation flows. Uh, so you're getting taught more than you realize because the whole point, again, is learning how to have conversations. So you're getting to hear me and Patrick teach English, talk about our stories, but also have a conversation in the middle of it. And that's what's going to help you on a, on a job. So you need to be able to communicate effectively, professionally. So say if you have to send an email in English, know how to put it grammatically correct. But if your boss is asking you a question, they may be a little more relaxed of a conversation to where you don't have to be such grammatically correct. So we wanted to show you guys the benefit of both of those. Uh, Patrick, yes, uh, growing up, do you have one favorite memory about your childhood? Yes, sir. Probably whenever me and my family, we would go camping. Okay. Why is that? Why do you think that's your best memory? Um, no doubt just spending time with family. It was right. away from school. That yeah. means I didn't have to wake up early. Um, we would go fishing, we would stay in tents, sit by the fire, um, and just kind of get away from the busy, the busyness of the world. And that is awesome. I think that's super important. So like my favorite thing, my memory as a child, is I used to stay with my auntie and my grandmother in the summers. Uh, and I remember that I would wake up and my grandma would make breakfast, which a typical American breakfast was like biscuits. Uh, sausage, and what else would you have? Pancakes, eggs, oatmeal, eggs, grits. grits, stuff like that was a typical breakfast. It would always be breakfast. Uh, I would have my pajamas on, which was my sleep clothes, and I would watch cartoons in the morning. So that's one of them. And also my first time ever traveling. I remember my auntie and my cousins, I went to Florida with them. And Florida's a place where there's a beach. And I had never been out of like kind of where we live in Chattanooga. But they took me there. And even though I've been to China and Peru, Nothing ever felt so cool than when I was a little kid with the Florida. I felt like I traveled all the way across the world, even though 
it's six hours away. But when you're a kid, everything seems so much bigger. You're smaller and the world seems so much larger. Uh, so that's one of the highlight memories. But definitely waking up, having breakfast, not having a care in the world. Yeah. Wake up and the only thing I'm caring about is what cartoon I'm going to watch and if my breakfast is ready. Uh, so that's kind of kind of my favorite childhood memory. Um, I'm trying to think, Patrick, is there anything else I can ask you about your childhood to get you, the people to know a little bit more about you? Did you live with both of your parents growing up? No, I did not. Okay. Well, for a portion, I did, and then a portion, I did not. So up until about the age of eight, I lived with both my mom and my dad. Um, at the age of eight, they separated, and my mom moved away, and okay. I stayed with my dad. Um, so it was really weird learning how to live yeah. with that and yeah. see the cultural change in the household. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, sir. So me and Patrick, we had a dinner before we had this, uh, before we did this lesson, we had a lot of cool conversations. So one thing, side note, Patrick and I's relationship, I would say has grown since we started teaching together. Yeah. It's given us, uh, an opportunity to spend time together. So we're growing our relationship as friends and even some more other things we'll talk about later. Um, but we were talking about kind of how your family dynamics affect you in your life. So depending on what your parents were like, it affects the way you make decisions as an adult. Uh, in a lot of American households, I would say the family is not together. I think yes, sir. there's a 50% divorce rate in America. So half of homes in America don't have the mother and father in the home. And I know that has a huge impact on a child is a present mother and a present father. And I don't know how it is in you guys' culture, but I know that has a huge impact on the kids. I know that a kid, uh, there's some uh, statistics, which just means kind of there's some numbers that people put together that students who have both parents at home or kids that have both parents at home are less likely to do drugs, uh, more likely to go to college. And there's so many things that are more, like, more likely to have a successful marriage themselves just because they have the mother and the father there. So it's a super important thing. So how does that guys play out in your culture? I would love to know. That's another question you guys can message me on Facebook is what is the structure of a family in your, in your culture in Asia or in Latin America? Do you have any brothers or sisters, Patrick? Um, yeah. So I actually have two half brothers. What's a half brother? A half brother is a brother or if it's a uh, sister, it is where one you have one parent that you have the same parent and then one parent that is different. So um, essentially your parent either had a child before you came along uh, with another woman or oh, okay. with another man. Okay. So you would have only like the same mom or the same dad, not both the same mom, the same dad. A lot easier way of explaining. <laughs> no, you're okay. You're okay. I was able to think about it because you were talking. So I was able to think you had to answer the question on the spot. Um, Patrick, two other questions for you. Mm -hmm. If you had $10,000, and this is a conditional question, so this guy could help you guys understand how to speak in conditionals. So if you had $10,000, or if you had $10,000, mm -hmm. what would you do with it? So it's based on a condition if he had that. He, right now he doesn't. We're going to say he, he may have that in his bank account, but we're going to say he doesn't. But if someone was to give you $10,000, what would you do with it? Man, that is a very hard question. So I don't have a whole lot of bills right now. Okay. Um, but definitely the leading thing would probably be a mission trip. I think that would be really cool. Uh, been on one, I would like to go on one, if not many more. So Patrick, I tried to tell you guys earlier, this man has a heart for the world. 
And he goes on mission trips to pretty much spread the love of Christ. And that's what he's given his life to, is telling people how Jesus uh, loved them and, and died on the cross for them. So if you guys have any questions about that, message me also. Uh, that's pretty much why me and Patrick do everything we do is because of Jesus. So. Yes, uh, not that I love Jesus any less, but my first thing would be probably getting a family car. Okay. Uh, we have a baby on the way, and I wouldn't want to spend all that money towards it if I could put some towards a mission trip, but making sure we had a family car. And that's understandable. Yeah. Like Christ would want you to take care of your family. For sure, for sure, for sure. So uh, that's what I would do with it. Another question, um, what is your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Yeah. So... To actually think about that and put some thought into it is really difficult. You want me to go first to give you some time to think? Definitely. All right. So my biggest fear, guys, which I don't know why this, which I know why it is, but it's dying in a plane crash. Uh, And the reason it is, is because the whole time you're falling, you know you're dying. That freak, I would, it's like, you know the plane's crash, you're not going to survive. You're 50,000 feet in the air and just falling and you're just waiting to die freaks me out. I'd rather kind of just die instantly. Okay. So dying in a plane crash freaks me out. Heights was my biggest fear as a kid. I could see that. Yeah, I so, could definitely see that. Heights are, I get even a little sketchy on them. But I get more scared standing on a high bridge than an airplane. Because really? the airplane, I'm just like, I'm so high, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. But that bridge, just, I don't know, standing to where I like looking off cliffs, freak me out. Like, you ever been to Sunset Park here? Yeah, me and uh, my girlfriend actually went there the other day. You see that? He just made sure he said my girlfriend because I said single earlier. But it <laughs> freaks me out looking off cliffs. Like, yeah. uh, I went rock wall climbing with uh, two of our friends, Patrick and Drake. Not Patrick, uh, Ryan and Drake. And I couldn't go all the way to the top. Freaked me out, man. I remember you telling me about that. I might have laughed a little too hard. Yeah, my biggest fear is heights. So what about you, Patrick? You got any biggest fears? I've got two, and they kind of compete with each other. Okay. So one thing that I am afraid of happening is undoubtedly drowning. Like the idea of just being, like knowing that I can't do anything about it, or I could, but the ability to do so would not be in my reach. Like getting tired while I'm swimming out in the middle of a creek or something of that nature. Just freaks me out. Yeah. Um, but the other one is spiders. So something so small and so poisonous absolutely terrifies me. You know me. why spiders don't scare me? What is that? Because they don't bite people that much. Really? Did not know. You're more likely to die from a vending machine than a spider. What? More likely to die from a vending machine falling on you than get die from a spider bite. Which, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. My house was actually, it was crazy. Like, we ended up getting spiders one year. And they were really poisonous, but I never got bit. They just... Imagine you being that little and seeing something the size of us. Okay. Most likely, they're going to bite you. I don't know why. I wish I knew that. My uh, my main job right now, I, I deal a lot with bugs. And they just don't bite people a lot. Hmm. They just freak people out. Like, I've, black widows are... I've seen plenty of black widows, and they just don't bite. That's crazy. So it's it's just I don't know, but learn something new, guys. One of my other fears, which is kind of different, is um, not being able to protect my wife. So getting in the situation okay. to where I can't. So say if someone ties me down yeah. and someone hurts my wife, and I have to watch it. That's a legit and there's fear. nothing I can do. That is crazy. To think I will about. kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what like you ever seen those movies where somebody breaks into the house and they knock the husband out and then they. Tie him yeah. up, and then they do something to the wife, and he has to sit there and listen or watch it. Yeah. Or my with my daughter on the way. That's my big. That's one of my biggest fears is not being able to protect them. 
No, that I definitely get that. Like that's like that's intense. Yeah, that's I may have rather just die in a plane crash than having to witness yeah. someone hurt my wife. So and that's a plug for me. So Patrick talking about he's in a relationship. If my wife listens to this, babe, I love you so much. Um, so that's enough about me and Patrick. Uh, you guys got to know a little bit about him and a little bit about me. But what I want to do really quick is play. This is a student of mine named Maria, and she's actually an English teacher. Um, she's from Venezuela. And a little bit about her. She was one of my first students, um, and she has a great heart. She is a wonderful woman. So, Maria, if you are listening to this, thank you so much for allowing us to use your story. Um, I think you're going to change the world because of your heart for your family. Uh, Maria, I look up to you. Thanks for being such an awesome woman and letting us use this story. So let's pray, uh, Malik. Ah, let's play uh, a really quick segment of Maria's story, and we'll finish up the lesson. Thank you. Thank you so much for your story. It's truly amazing. And I hope you guys got to see how it sounds to tell your story. She's not a native speaker, but she's still able to explain her story. And I can tell you this, Maria can communicate really good in English. And the fact that she can tell her story tells me her. she has a high level of English because she's able to do multiple things. She's talking about a time period. She talks about her relationship status. She talks about her family. She talks about her country. That shows that she can truly speak English. Uh, but during the lesson, me and Patrick talked about using us and we. And we got a little confused. When can you use us and when can you use we? But we did a little research and asked a few questions and we actually got an answer for you guys. So I'm going to explain the we portion and Patrick is going to explain the us portion. Yes, so we. We is a subject pronoun. You guys hear that and like, what are you talking about? So the subject is the main point of a sentence. So let's say, uh, if you want to say, we are going to the mall. The main thing about that sentence is we. We is at the beginning of the sentence, so it's the subject. So you got to have a subject, verb, and then what follows. So we are going, there's a subject and a verb, to the mall. So that is how you would use we. It is a subject pronoun, which means it's used at the beginning of the sentence. You would not say us are going to the mall. Patrick, explain to them when they would use us. Okay, so the reason you wouldn't use us at the beginning of that sentence is because it is an object pronoun. Okay. So with it being an object pronoun, it would come towards the end of your sentence. You would have your subject. So, um, for example, an example sentence would be Justin is taking us to the mall. Um, Justin is the subject. Taking is the verb. And us is the object. Um, so with obje- or with that being the object, it's always going to follow the subject. And with are and is, um, you cannot 
place are and is after us because it's got to come, the are and the is have to come after the subject. That's good. So are and is, remember, they're going to do with the verb, so the action taking place, so they're going to follow the subject, not the object. The subject is the first part of the sentence, then you have the verb, and then you could place the object because it's happening to the object. So in Patrick's examples, sentence, he said, Patrick is taking us to the mall. Patrick is a subject. The verb is taking us or taking and the object would be us. So we are the ones he took to the mall. If you guys heard that random noise, that's Patrick's phone. And was it your dad or your girlfriend? It is my dad. His dad is calling him. So shout out to the pops. So we're going to finish this lesson today by saying we had a lot of fun I hope you guys enjoy Patrick. I'm truly going to have him as much as I can on here. He has a busy schedule. But any last thing you want to say before we get out of here, Patrick? Uh, guys, it was just awesome having had this time uh, to talk with y'all and to teach with y'all, uh, or to teach as much as I can to y'all. Um, and also, I learned a little bit as well, so that was really cool. So shout out to Patrick for joining us. As always, I hope you have a great day. And do you know my last phrase I always say, Patrick? Uh, no, sir. It's okay. Have fun learning English.